0: Amen. Thank you, uh, Nate. Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. Help me out here. Complete this uh, Christmas uh, song with me. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not, uh, what is the next one? You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Okay, you're better singing that now. Do you all know the next verse? He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty and nice, because Santa Claus is coming to town. What fascinates me with this is just, we live in an age right now where over the next two decades, three trillion plus dollars are going to change hands as baby boomers pass off their inheritance, their wealth, to their Generation X kids and their millennial grandkids. More money will transfer hands over the next two decades than ever before in American history. And so some people have taken that Santa Claus cana uh, song and they've actually put it into an inheritance line. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. Because dad or granddad is coming to town, you better be nice, he's making a list, he's checking it twice, he's going to find out who's naughty and nice, because dad or granddad is coming to town. Because it's all about the inheritance, that's what they're saying. And so people are actually living, waiting for a day, and in the hope that they will receive this massive inheritance. Of course, we know all about that at Christmas, don't we? It said that in the Christmas season, in 2015, the average, this is just the average, the average American family spent $830 on gifts just related to Christmas, just gifts. That was up 15% on the total for 2014, which was $720. It's also said that the average American household will take on $936 of debt related to Christmas expenditure, that with a credit card, if they put it on their credit card, at an average APR of 15%, it will take them 10 years to pay that off at $25 a month. That same research suggests that most Americans actually take five months to, to pay off their Christmas card borrowing. You better watch out. <laughs> because if you don't live wisely, you may miss out on that windfall. So watch out. Behave What's interesting with this is just this passage that I wanna draw your attention to from Titus chapter three, verses four through seven. Have a look at the first part of this. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of the good things, the righteous things that we have done, but because of his mercy. That's the good news of Christmas. We often grow up with this idea, don't we, especially as kids, that we better be good because Santa's coming. Now that actually meant something to me when I was growing up. My mom's sitting there as she's spending Christmas with us. I grew up with her telling me and my father telling me this story about my dad at Christmas. My dad realized that he would have to be good, but he kind of thought this wasn't a a, a true story at all. And in Wales, you grew up with lots of coal mines. And so the idea was, if you weren't good at Christmas, then Santa would come. But what he would do is he would actually leave you a bucket of coal rather than your gifts. That was the payback. My dad didn't believe it at all. So he was a little monster in that period before Christmas, and he woke up Christmas morning, he ran down the stairs, there was my grand there, my dad opened the door, he bussed in, he saw a gift in the middle of the living room, he ripped open the package, and there in the middle was a bucket of coal. He said he'd never forgotten that feeling, disappointment. And he always learned he could be rotten nine months of the year, but in the quarter leading up to Christmas, he better get his act together. The good news with Christmas, what we're celebrating today is that we received a gift that we didn't deserve, but we received it anyway because God is merciful. God is loving. Folks, the, the real gift of Christmas is that the loving kindness of God has appeared in the very person of Jesus. But the text doesn't stop there, does it? It also tells us what this gift has the power to do. And for many of us, that's what we celebrate, what He's done. He has saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. So many people, especially around this Christmas time, where the kind of money that we spend just goes up and up and up. And have you noticed how not only that happens, but everything in the home seems to go at the same time? Our incinerator went, our dishwasher is gone. And it's like all of this at the same time. And so many people around this, around this season think it would be so good if Uncle Fred or if, you know, Grandpa actually got rid of some of that wealth now. Doesn't he realize that he'll pay more tax on it if he passes it off when he's, when he's died? Why doesn't he just start to give it out now? Because we, we feel like we're living in rags. So we, we want this inheritance to move us from rags to riches. The good news in this text is we're already heirs, and God has been generous with that. We are heirs. We've received a glorious inheritance that we are all here today celebrating. But the question is, do we celebrate that in the right way? The question is, do we even know what we're celebrating? This word heirs is an incredible word. If I had more time, I would unpack this It's a Greek word, a compound word, two words put together. Nomos, the second part of that is from where we get the word law or principle. It's a principle of receiving, okay? And it's used a number of times of believers, but it's also used once of Christ. That Christ is the heir. Now, this, this reference to Christ occurs in Hebrews chapter 1. This is what it says. In the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets, and in many and many times in various ways, but in these last days he has spoken to us through his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he also made the universe. This passage tells us that Christ is the chief heir. He is the heir apparent of what? Commentators will note that Hebrews 1 actually draws on Psalm 2, a messianic psalm. And in Psalm 2, there's this promise given, and it relates to the coming Messiah. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. Christ is the chief heir. And Jesus, because not only because he was born, but because he lived that life in obedience to the will of his Father, was willing to go to a cross, be buried, and then was raised again, actually received the nations as his inheritance. And do you know what he did with these nations? Over the last months we've been digging into this in the book of Ephesians. What God did with these nations is he actually did a work on the inside that made it possible for Jews and Gentiles, two completely different groups of people who had nothing in common with one another, this Christ made it possible for two to become one. His inheritance is not simply the nations. His inheritance is the gathered nations. His inheritance is right here, right now. And Jesus is looking down from heaven on his completed work and he's saying, this is my inheritance, you and me. And all of this is based on the idea that begins in Genesis chapter 17 and verse five, where God comes to Abraham Abraham, and tells him this, you will no longer be called Abraham, your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. And so, in a sense, what we see here is that the installation of Abraham as an heir marks the beginning of redemptive of salvation history, a history that finds its fulfillment in the coming of Jesus. That's what we're celebrating today, Jesus' birth. And the coming that connects that initial promise to Abraham with the achievements of Christ. Folks, what is the achievement of Christ? It's right here right now. You, me, family, different people, With different backgrounds, with different stories, being found in this place as the one new humanity in Jesus Christ. And because that's true, you and I have received a glorious inheritance, a gift named Jesus that is more valuable than any transfer of cash. This is the real gift. And again, that question is, do we value that? What are you going to do today to value this gift of Jesus? What what are you going to do as family units to just speak out and live out this glorious inheritance because it is glorious? The same study that says, about American consumer debt related to Christmas also points out that if the wishes of people were fulfilled, that they would move from rags to riches through receiving a glorious inheritance, the fact is within two years, those people that have moved from rags to riches would actually be living in rags again because they would have negative savings because they don't know what to do with the inheritance that they've received. Now, when we came in, you may have noticed that we put some candy out for you. Any of you grab any candy before lunch? Any of you do that? Now, I think we've got some down in the rows. Can you just, uh, if you've got a bowl of candy by you somewhere, could you just raise that in the air for me? Is that? Is, is there some candy? There we go. Did you pick at that? It was right by. It was right by. It was, it was, He's got one in his hand. It's going <laughs> to melt. You know what you need to do? You just need to. I'll, I'll give you a couple there. Don't put it in your hand, it'll melt. Uh, here, here's my point here there's a wealth of chocolate, right? It, it's just there. And you're smart enough to realize hey, if it's there, I can eat it, right? Because it's there. We did this last night. And believe me, the kids at supper time last night, it was really empty, we had three of these big bowls, they were gone. <laughs> the point I'm making with this is, when something is there, you know what we'll do? We'll just pick at it, and we'll pick at it, and we'll pick at it. Any of you tried to put M&Ms and candy around your house, or you know, Skittles around your house for Christmas, you ever tried to do that? Have you noticed how quick they go? <laughs> Why? Because there is an abundance of it, and when there is an abundance, the default reaction that we have is just to pick at it. That's what people do with their finances. They move from rags to riches through a generous inheritance, and they have no plan for it. So what they'll do is they'll pick at it, and they'll pick at it, and typically within a two-year period, there will be negative savings. folks. I want to suggest to you that what is true in the financial realm is true in the spiritual realm as well. We're all here today because there is something about this gift of Jesus that just makes sense. We recognize that there is this glorious inheritance, but the question I'm asking is, are we using this inheritance purposefully? Or are we just picking at it? Because see, if we just pick at the inheritance of salvation, the inheritance of a relationship with our Father through the Spirit, then basically what will happen sooner or later, the reality, the vitality of this inheritance will just be gone. And we'll just be living out of routine and out of habit. And my encouragement to each and every one of us today is to realize the great inheritance that we have received, is to remember that right now, Jesus is looking down from heaven on his gathered church across the world, and he's saying, this is my inheritance. And he has made us partakers in that. And he wants us to go away from here as family units, as his family, and celebrate that inheritance. And it's going to be very simple for us to do that. So let me encourage you as you go through your day today, as you eat lunch, just pause and just reflect on the inheritance that you have as family units. Because when you have an inheritance, often what will happen is the traditions will develop. Your traditions as family, as family units, is actually an inheritance. In our household, as we were just starting to uh, have a family, Vipka said, there's one tradition that I would really like us to kind of keep on to because it was a tradition in my family. And I said, okay, Han, what was that? And she looked at me and she said, I'd like us to go for a walk with the kids and feed the birds. Feed the birds, seriously. I kind of looked at her and said, What? Vivian and I knew each other for about 15 months before we got married. We were together for about 12 weeks in total before we got married. We really didn't know one another. And I looked at her and I said, feed the boots? What's that got to do with Christmas? And she just explained to me her tradition growing up was basically that they would get up in the morning, they would go out and get the tree. That's the way they would do that, the Christmas tree, the kind of German way. They would decorate the tree and then they would all go for a walk as a family and just take food for the birds and hang it on the tree. And I was like, okay, hon, we can do that. But thankfully, my kids never got into that, and it didn't last more than five years. (laughs) But it was an inheritance to her. And often when we go out walking, you, you can just sense that part of that tradition, that inheritance coming back in Vipka. It's something that's there. Of course, we've developed other traditions as families that we hold on to before we open any gift. We open the scriptures and, and we'll just read through the nativity story. We'll spend time praying to one, for one another and as a family thanking God for this wonderful inheritance of Jesus. That's the greatest gift. Let me encourage you, as you go through your day-to-day, as you sit around the table, spend some time. Talking about your traditions. What's your inheritance? Keep that alive. Don't pick at it. Because if your Christmas traditions, if your family traditions aren't cherished and practiced, then essentially they'll dissipate because you're just picking at them. Folks, let's not pick at our inheritance. Let's celebrate it. Let's not pick at, Our family traditions, let's celebrate them. And as we do that, realize that God is right there with us, rejoicing in the fact that we have understood and we celebrate the glorious inheritance that is ours in Jesus Christ. What I'd like us to do now is just encourage you to just take a moment, bow your heads. And just thank God for, for your traditions, for your family units. I'm mindful in this season, too, that some of you are spending your first Christmas without a loved one. It's painful. Some of those traditions that were so important to you, you won't be able to celebrate today because that person isn't there. I want to give you this opportunity, too, just to look back and say, God, thank you for those glorious traditions that we celebrated as a family. Ask God to give you strength for the day, and ask him to build in you slowly, one step at a time, traditions that make sense for this new season in life. But let's all take a moment in the busyness of the day, just to pause, and thank God for this glorious inheritance that we've received. Bow your heads with me as you go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you. But even though we, through simple songs, it's inbuilt into us the idea that we need to do something in order for kindness to be shown to us. Even as children, we learn that through that little song that we've thought about today. Father, we thank you that that's not true for you. That's not true for the way that you look at us. Even while we were far off, You sent Jesus Christ. And you have blessed us with an incredible gift, the gift of Jesus. And Father, as we have taken time out of our celebration today, just to refocus, we pray that in the silence that we've just enjoyed, that you will have spoken that word of encouragement into our hearts. For some, they really need to be reminded this morning that they are precious and that they are loved because they don't feel like it. Father, for others, this may well be a moment of difficulty, a season of difficulty, because they're celebrating this season without someone that they love. Oh God, be close. Wrap your arms around them and reveal yourself to them in a way that passes all understanding. And Father, for all of us, I pray that you would help us To remember how important it is never to pick at this generous inheritance that we have received from you we pick at it and we pick at it and we never use it purposefully in the way that you've intended our relationship with you to go and that leads us in a state father where we're just dry distant from you but today father we celebrate the fact that Jesus has come he has been born into this world as a demonstration of your love for us. Father, in this season, as individuals, as family units, as a church in a collection of the new humanity of your son, Jesus Christ, help us to celebrate the fact that we have received a glorious inheritance, our salvation from you. And Father, we thank you. And we adore you and we praise you. And we pray that as we go from this place, we would love you and love others in the way that you have loved us and express that so clearly. So Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name.